0: or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
1: This is The Guardian. Got inflation at 40-year highs. You've got unemployment everywhere at 50-year lows, that sort of thing. There has been so much churn, so much change, In the economy. And you go, my God, we have lived through more than interesting times. We've lived through really volatile economic times, and you can see the
2: pressures. Hello, lovely people of podcasts, and welcome to the show. You are with Catherine Murphy, and I am political editor of Guardian Australia. And with me in the pod cave uh, this week, They've gone quiet. I I just thought they were going (laughs) to go straight.
3: Well, being demure
1: and quiet as we we normally are. Well, we're amongst royalty. (laughs) It's Catherine the Great, and uh, we're we're just her minions.
2: (laughs) And we're off the rails already. With me in the pod cave this week is the delightful Shane Wright, who is senior economics uh, thinker, dreamer, and news writer for. Nine, uh, nine. Oh, why do I always get this wrong, Shane? Nine, nine newspapers, and newspapers, and according to
1: the drum, Australia's biggest Kate Bush
3: fan. I need to keep wow. reinforcing well, that, yes. Well, I, I think know.
2: that's actually probably proven.
3: It could be, so, it could yes. be correct, yeah. Shane Wright,
2: delightful Shane Wright. Is anyone
3: fighting for that title, though? That's the oh, the excuse
2: other me. I think a few, of us, <laughs> a few of us are into Kate Bush, but I think none of us can rival oh, the delightful yes. Shane Wright. And equally delightful, Greg Jericho, a Guardian columnist, and also works for the progressive think tank, the Australia Institute. And if you guys are regular listeners, you will know that we do try and get together periodically. Mm-hmm. And we have sessions where they go along the following lines Hi, I'm Catherine Murphy. I haven't had time <laughs> to keep up with the economy. What's happening? And so we are, in fact, engaged in one of those episodes. I have missed you guys enormously. I uh, had a bit of a break, as regular listeners know, at the start of the year, and this is the first time I've had an opportunity to get the band back together, the Fiscal Drags.
1: I'm trying to work out, Mm -hmm. Jericho, are you the bass player here? Are you...
3: I'm certainly not. With the lead. Yeah, I think I'm the bass player. Bass player, Am I the McCartney of
2: the... (laughs) Oh, speaking of which...
3: You did, you you saw him? I saw him. him? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah, I
2: saw him. Anyway, if if (laughs) listeners, if you went to the Paul McCartney gigs... Lucky you, because it was pretty good. And I don't know if there's still tickets, but if there are, try and get one. And regular
1: listeners would know about the love affair of pop culture. That is Mm -hmm. is the fiscal drags. The fiscal drags,
2: exactly. We we do a little bit of economy and a whole lot of pop culture. Anyway, let's try, folks, let's try (laughs) Try. and stay on message for a moment. And let's start with the economy. Literally, this is going to be one of those conversations Mm -hmm. where I say to both of you, been a bit busy. The voice referendum took a lot of my bandwidth, and there's been other bits and pieces. And I'm preparing to go with the prime minister to China this weekend. So, seriously, I am out of the loop about the economy, Shane. You're never out of the loop. Catherine. No, 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 I am. Never. I am. What economy? What's happening?
1: What's happening? Inflation's still high. There's a lot of people in work, and there's a lot of people who want to still be in work uh, once the Reserve Bank is finished dealing with inflation. House prices are moving a bit. Yep. Although there are all sorts of factors, the I, I think actually the biggest economic issue is actually migration at the moment. Yes. It's a huge thing in terms of keeping the economy afloat. Yes. Uh, right at the moment, there's the political angle that you can see. There's the importance to it, even to the trade balance at the moment, given that so much of the I think it's about half a million people who've come in. Increase in the population. So many of them are international students. Yes. And the university uh, sector, of which there are a fair few, fair few uh, listeners from universities. Indeed. uh Indeed. To Hello this to you coast. all. Hello to you. Yeah. All. They would be in, as my father would say, more trouble than speed, Gordon. Now. And the- oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Re- that one's yeah, yeah, I do This, this <laughs> is the background. So Flash Gordon. <laughs> yes. Right. Flash Gordon, a cart, a comic. Yes brought into the into Australia in the 1940s 1950s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's transport ourselves back to Australian vernacular 40s and 50s. Yeah. If you called someone flash,
2: oh yes.
1: You were it wasn't a term mm, of no, endearment. Not a compliment. So they actually had to change the comic <gasps> in Australia. No way. My yeah. father was brought really? up at that time. So he would read it and it was Speed Gordon. It was not Flash Gordon. I did not know that. Wow. Here you are. See, we've segued, but I think it's an interesting segue into yeah, the fact that Australian vernacular held some resonance in terms of holding back American pop culture. That is amazing. Because that
2: was that.
3: uh, No, uh, no.
1: that's exactly right. And so, yeah, that's why more trouble than Speed Gordon rather than more trouble (laughs) than Flash Gordon.
2: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: You did not know mm. that the segue from the economy would end up with with Speed Gordon no, and Australian no, vernacular. No, 1950s. no, I was
2: prepared for Olivia Rodrigo, but no. Oh, that's coming. But no, not Speed Gordon. Okay, so migration. You're right. Yes, big, big part of the story and big mm. part of the political story looking ahead. Greg, what about your thoughts to supplement the economy? How about it?
3: Um, I'm going to be uh, optimistic. What? Well, Philip. <laughs> I know. Catherine, <laughs> get Shade, off the ground. and a, a departure from mine. My...
2: <laughs> Shade, what just
3: happened? Oh, my God. Okay. There's uh, inflation, been a tremor in the force. Inflation high, <laughs> <flight, laughs> but falling. And I think actually kind of going uh, under control if you exclude sort of uh, things that are beyond the control of the Reserve Bank. I think doing okay. Unemployment, thankfully, not rising as much as the Reserve Bank would like, and hopefully the Reserve Bank uh,
0: doesn't get its way. And yes, yeah, hopefully yes. they say, for "Gee, weren't we mission? good? We yes.
3: we succeeded despite our best efforts." GDP and the economy next year not looking good. That is the and that goes back to migration. That's pretty much the only thing keeping us afloat, as Shane was saying. Probably, despite all my, my best efforts, interest rates are probably going to go up next week. We'll get to that. Yes, but,
2: yes. Don't preempt um, our big predictions. I, w-
3: I won't spoil it. <laughs> 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 um, look, it's the economy remains a tough thing to gauge because there's a lot going on around the world and we still are not back where we are. I don't know if we will ever get back to where we were before um, the pandemic came along. There's still lots of ructions. But all in all, having an unemployment, what is it, 3.7? 3.6. 3.6 now mm. God, is, is it? Oh. bloody good. Yes. Uh, it's not the only story, obviously. You know, you have to think about underemployment. But as a general rule, I always think lower unemployment is better than higher unemployment. And the fact that it's remained around 3.5, 3.6, 3.7, back to 3.6, while inflation has been falling during that time is a very good thing. And, uh, you know, there, there are good things there, but all reports are never, you know, the Reserve Bank and, and the government or their forecasts for next year are not fun. Yeah. And uh, if we do start seeing unemployment rise as the Reserve Bank Keeps predicting it's going to, things can turn yes, ugly unpleasant. quickly. It's yeah. one of those things where, you know, with the economy, how did it turn bad? Well, it turned bad slowly, slowly, and then very quickly. Yes. You know, I, so, yeah, so, touch on, yeah. I want yeah. to
1: touch on one thing. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody earlier in the week and they said, Oh, how are things are going. And I said, Da, 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 da. And I said, It has not been quiet on the economic front since about 0607. Yeah. It had, for 15 years and there's a political element mm. to this. You, so this is like the end of the great moderation which yeah, is yeah. The, some of our readers will have heard that term before but you hit the global financial crisis. The global economy has been fluxing ever since and you get through the through the GFC which like remember for instance Greece went into a depression yeah. for, yep. for years, mm. that sort of thing. With And the Euro trash had huge troubles in that situation. Yep. We get into the early 2010s and there's a step down in inflation. There's a step down in wages. There are huge economic shocks. Yep. Boris Johnson, I'm looking at you. Yes. Donald Trump, I'm looking at you. Yes. Xi Jinping the comes yes. to power in yes. China, yep. which changes the direction of economic change. policy. Yep. We then have a pandemic. Yep. We then have the biggest sort of stimulus coordinated by government and central banks ever. Yep. The inflation that we've been dealing with lately has been a part of that. Yep. And you get to this situation where you've got inflation at 40-year highs, you've got unemployment everywhere at 50-year lows, that sort of thing. There has been so much churn. Mm. so much change in the economy. And I think, yeah, it's like it's been going for 15, 16 yeah, it's years. Get a, it's
3: getting close to 20 years of interesting times. Interesting yeah. times, <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. and, and, exactly. You, and you throw in, yes. throw in uh, good old climate change into yeah. the mix. And, yes. and, and it really, I mean you probably can't draw a direct line, but it was around 2006 that Stern came out with his first thing yeah, about uh, how to do yeah. climate change. Yep. Yep. And... You've had that. You've had
1: the Occupy Wall Street. You've mm-hmm. had the Point 0.1, yeah. those sort of issues. Like, it, as someone who's boringly reading a history mm-hmm. of the global economy since 1933 right at the moment, these, like, you look at the, the current patch of time and you go, my God, we have lived through more than interesting times. We live through really volatile economic times and you can see the pressures.
0: Of
2: course. It's put on the political
1: class and the political systems. Well, what
2: I was going to say is that whole turbulence in the economy is also exhibiting in democracies all Mm -hmm. around the world in all kinds of ways. And Greg's right to point ahead at what happens, uh, you know, when, when we're sort of at the point of kind of climate change where we're into sort of serious transition and adaptation mm. territory and talk about migration. Well, let's not even think about, you know, how interesting that well, could get.
1: Mm. We um, had uh, one of the assistant bank, uh, Reserve Bank Governors, Brad Jones, gave an interesting speech this week mm-hmm. talking about the volatility in interest rates. And he touched on, for instance, climate change, digitalisation, AI, these these things. yes. These that are really trends. going mm. to yeah. change the way that we look at things. You're going to China this week. You're going to a country that is depopulating. Yes. And we, like, if you look at some of the forecasts, this is a country with, what, 1.4 billion people yep. that by the end of the century could be under 1 billion, could be under 750 million. We have never seen that sort of depopulation. mm in Terms of the second, the world's second largest economy, like it, it is mind boggling what's ahead.
2: Well, and it's it sort of actually, honestly, even though it's really important to people, and I want to acknowledge that it feels banal actually for me to just chuck to the next thought, which is interest rates. <laughs> uh, because, yeah. uh, it, it well, does, like, well
1: it that's the here and now, yeah. 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 Well, mm. well I
2: know, obviously, I, you know, please, if you're listening, don't, you know, don't throw your coffee in the river or whatever in fury that I've failed to feel your pain on interest rates. We all feel everybody's pain on interest rates. But, yeah, it's just sort of like it seems a minute piece of the puzzle in the context we've just been talking about. But, anyway, let's do it, chaps. Mm. So next week, the horse race that stops the nation or, well, actually stops it a bit less than it used to, I think. But, anyway, setting that to one side. Melbourne Cup Day, rate increase or not? Shane? Shane?
1: The Reserve Bank, since 1990, has had a meeting on in November on Melbourne Cup Day 33 times. Over this period, since 1990, it's moved interest rates 90 times on the November meeting.
3: Right. So, since back. 1990,
1: the Reserve Bank yeah. has used its meetings yes. n- on 90 occasions 90, to move yeah. the interest move interest yeah. rates At, up how, or down. But how many
2: how many meetings in total? Three uh,
1: nine hundred oh. odd. Anyway. Of the ninety times, thirteen of those occasions have been on November. In November, on Melbourne Cup Day, ah. it, it's only it and February are the two most common months that the Reserve Bank moves interest rates.
2: So what do you? So what do you reckon? I mean, you've given us the probabilities. I have and, given the
1: probabilities. And obviously,
2: yeah. you don't have to make a prediction, love. This is not. This is no, not I I just, I, But what do you think?
1: I think she. I think Michelle Bullock will go bang. Go bang. She will, and I think. I was actually talking to somebody because, for readers of the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age, you will see a piece at the weekend about mm-hmm. this very point. But, it will be um, of of it'll be tremendous. Of course, it'll be tremendous. there's a mention of the Titanic, in fact, and icebergs. Of course, icebergs. there is. Of course, there is. But someone pointed out, like, yes, this is going to hurt mortgage holders. Yep. And that's part of the point. But they made the point that inflation, since the reserve, since it started lifting. And given the Reserve Bank's forecast, it, inflation will have increased by 20% between 2021 and 2025, which is what the Reserve Bank thinks is going to happen. Oof. And they point out, if you have $100 in the bank, if you had it in 2021, it's now, it will be worth 80 bucks. Yes. So, yep, it's paying for those who've having to pay more in a mortgage and so on a six hundred thousand mortgage the interest rate increases so far uh setting you back fourteen hundred dollars a month. Oh. Yes, mm-hmm. Ouch. Ouch. but it's also hitting those with money. The value of what you have. Yes. Like I don't want to go, all Vima Republic sort of thing.
2: Well, like, well not so early. I not mean, so well, early. It's a bit early. We, let's, we need to let's hit to Zimbabwe about, and Venezuela. Yeah, exactly. About twenty minutes in, we can get to Weimar Republic. Mm, that's but, right. Yeah, you don't want but to go there. But you know what
1: chasing. I mean. That the va- mm. even so the value, even though most people don't quite appreciate it, the value of their savings are being diminished by inflation yes. as well. So reserve banks thinking right. It's hurting the poor who don't have money because they can't buy stuff. Yeah. But it's also hurting other people who have got stuff. Yes. The inflation figures that we got the other week, which has changed everyone's thinking, the Reserve Bank actually can't reach... I don't think it can reach its forecasts without at least another interest rate rise. Okay.
2: Greg?
3: Uh, I think uh, the Reserve Bank will foolishly raise interest rates next week. (laughs) Tell us um, what you really think, Greg. I think uh, they will do it because they want to look like they are actually doing something despite the fact that all they're doing is smashing homeowners and making it harder to borrow and slowing an economy that is already slowing because of the things that are raising, going up in prices that really they don't have much of an impact over. And it's basically... Um, a bit of a gesture by Michelle Bullock in a sort of second go to show that she's strong and got a steady hand on the till and she'll get applauded by all the right people who think that she's doing right and I think it's it would be a disgraceful move but what the hell yeah they'll do it anyway because it came out at 1.2% and some economists thought it should be Lower than uh, 1.2%. We're talking the inflation in September. And, uh, you know, you look at what, what was driving that. It was oil prices. They're not going to be affected yeah, by... Yeah, you're, you're looking at
1: headline not underlying,
3: which I, didn't I, include oil. I'm, I'm looking oil. at the, what was driving the thing. It's, yeah. It was oil prices. It was the cost of building homes. Cost was, of hairdressers. It was rents. Yeah, But they were a minor sort of impact on the overall, not the actual not for main some of the drivers. Yeah, I know. Like just insurance, saying, yeah.
2: full disclosure,
1: it not was for electricity.
3: Some of it was property rates and charges. Were, these were the main drivers. The Don't you sort you've of, just
1: listed a large number of things and you're saying, oh, there's nothing to see.
3: Yeah, I'm saying, what are interest rates going to do? Are they going to drop property rates and charges? Are they going to drop electricity prices? Are they going to drop oil prices? These are things that are not going up because, oh, there's suddenly there's mass demand for these products. It's we, We're seeing with the retail trade figures, which again, everyone's going, oh, it went up 0.9%. I'm like... The actual volume of things that are people are buying in the shops have been falling for a year. They will we'll find out on Friday, uh, so by the time this come out. But it likely the volume of spending will at best be flat. This is not an economy where people are spending mad and driving prices up. There are things that are happening over overseas and in sort of the supply side of things which are driving prices and. You know, you think about uh, the mortgage, the cost of the mortgage. It's gone up 114 percent since they started going it on. Is a house that's going? Oh yeah, we haven't hurt just enough yet. And if you give us another interest rate rise, that'll slow the economy. Just I, I think it's, I think it's just uh, showboating, to be honest.
2: It's it's uh, well, yeah. <laughs> just just to be clear that slight bang you heard uh, in the middle of Greg's thoughts there was Greg dropping something. It was not Shane fainting. I just,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. Look, I, I just want to sort of you know. <laughs> oh I, I, I realise I I am very much uh, in the minority, and, and to be honest, I expect they will raise rates. Although I think it's still only about a 50-50 chance, yeah. but <laughs> you know no. they'll probably do don't, it. Don't
2: don't sue us, Alan. And I'm not. Uh, I think you may actually listen to the podcast periodically. Hello, Alan. And Cola. it's lovely to see <laughs> you. I think I saw him making a sort of off-Broadway prediction that they wouldn't somewhere. Maybe I made this up.
3: Um, anyway, I know. I yeah. think Ross uh, Gittins Ross Gittins. we talking Gittins was, about the doyen of uh, economic Ross journalism Gittin, in this indeed. country. I think he was yes.
1: sort of with me, and yeah, but he was also conceding that they will. Oh, yeah, and he's making the case will. why they shouldn't. But yeah, I'm, um, I'm
3: I'm in that category at all. I, I'm certainly. Not saying that. Uh, where that would point. you have stopped with interest rates? Oh, probably. Where they? Where were they in March?
1: Uh, that's. Let's see. They in went they twice after that. I mean, so the... they're
3: about they're three, either three, three, five, or three and a half. Yeah, I reckon around there. I mean one of the problems with it is you had the US still going and so you kind of had to follow along a little bit just to ensure the dollar didn't go to 50 cents because that but, would be
1: to our listeners if mm, the if the dollar falls to 50 cents your petrol bowser, you up yeah. high. well yeah. It, yeah. you would be looking at $2.50 yeah. a yeah. liter yeah. yeah. so yeah. they
3: they do have to worry about that although the Fed has does look like they uh, they're on hold now they're on I'm hold for a while so I'm not sure why yeah, look, I, I don't know what they think they are going to be calming down. I mean, service prices, yes, are going up, but again, you look at a lot of those service prices; they are things that are not. We're not talking just, um, you know, going to the gym and and all hairdressing and and. But it's, it is
1: broad based across services, and that's one of and the bank has been consistently yeah, complaining but, but that also services inflation wages is high. are not
3: growing going no. up as fast as they have been in the past with respect to service prices so it's a case of you know we've always been told and the reserve bank was always strong on this that they're mostly worried about wages because wages yep. are what growing we've got wages maybe 3.8% now i think
1: they'll probably you know. tip up let's say the wage price index is out the week after Mm. the Reserve Bank board meeting, and you can see it probably getting... Because it'll take in the minimum wage increase. So you can see it getting to four, but 4%, that's what wages were growing at in 2012. That's what they should be growing Mm. at. Um, Well, they need to... Because ultimately, I I don't think we come to an end to a lot of the pressures in the economy, cost of living, until real wages are growing again. And we we have gone through... The best part
3: of three years now without real, well, yeah, two and a half years without real mm. wage growth. Yeah, yeah, we're about. I mean, they've gone down about six percent or so. Yeah, um, that is, is hurting. Is, that is absolutely is hurting. hurting. And so it's a case of when, and you know, Shane was talking before about you know what is about fourteen hundred dollars extra. Mm. Let's say that leave. Let's say you started with six hours and you take out that fourteen hundred. What's left over is actually worth less than it was yep. back when you weren't having to pay that extra fourteen hundred mm. because of it. So it is a real case of you've got real real declining e cubs mm. and I'm still yet to be convinced that another interest rate hike is going to actually affect much given and and the main reason is that the price rises are doing what interest rates do. The, the price rises that have mostly increased have been really in the non-discretionary items, the things you can't avoid paying. They've been the real drivers of, of inflation. This, uh, and this is something Stephen Kennedy, the Secretary of the Treasury, made in his a point he made when he was appearing at Senate Estimates. He says one of the problems with that is things like oil prices that lead to petrol prices increases and other increases of discretionary items slows the economy because... You got to buy. You got to pay those things. You can't then go and spend on the more discretionary items that, especially the services that employ people that power the economy. Now that's why the uh, the Reserve Bank raises interest rates is to stop you from being able to spend money on yes. other things. Yep. Well, yeah, you know, good old OPEC are basically helping the Reserve Bank do that. They're making the inflation sort of look higher, but they're reducing that. Well, what I'll we call the go back in non-discretionary time, income. But
1: go, go back in time to 2007 when you, oil was 150 a barrel mm. and inflation was well above target. And that's when the Reserve Bank had interest rates. They t- took them to 7.1. Mm. I, this argument that, yes, higher oil prices ultimately... Are some somehow deflationary? Yeah, and, but back
3: but then we had we had stronger but income growth. But we, we but, had stronger wage. But rates. oil was
1: a bigger part of the overall economy then. Like our dependence mm-hmm. on oil has actually come down slightly since then. But this is this argument about right? These other things like oil will will slow the economy. But I think, and this goes back to what we did through COVID say JobKeeper, mm. $88 billion, the $35 billion that went out to businesses, the $300 billion that the Reserve Bank created and which was funneled through the banks out into the community, that money is still has been sloshing around. Like there was a news.com actually had a good story this week about the fact that we've just seen a record amount of money pumped into superannuation. Mm-hmm. Now, the money has not come out of nowhere, it's been sitting in people's pockets so there is a still a lot of in, a lot of cash floating around the economy and I think that's I don't think you can ignore that that's still there we can't we have not seen any like the the default rates on housing given what's going on are mm. they're lower than average there hasn't been any move in that space yeah for instance yes there are those people who are and I'm not d- dismissing this there are people right on the edge yeah who are really hurting, but ultimately the Reserve Bank cannot deal with a slither of people. It, it, that's its job, is to look at the aggregate, and that's where you, they have to make that call. Will a quarter percentage point increase? Will it stop inflation growing, growing any further? Maybe, maybe not. Will it end the economy? I think that's a much harder argument to make as mm. well, saying one more quarter percent means, right, it's rat, cats and dogs living together
3: on the streets. I don't think it is either. Hmm. No, I, I don't think it's it's that. I'm just think it's it's unnecessary. <laughs> well, and it. I just wonder oh, why, why is a reserve bank that? Uh, you know, as Michelle Bullock stated in in her testimony, they've only got one tool. Yeah, and and, it, and the problem with that is when you've only got one thing, you kind yeah. of are yeah. biased it, to use yeah, it, yes. and that's why I think they will raise rates. I just you're not happy about Let's, it. No, well, my, I guess my view again. is, if I were the Reserve Bank, I would wait at least to see what the wages data is. Is there any any real cost from waiting another December? month to December? You could uh, mount that argument. You know, yeah, I think that's.
1: But I still don't think you're
3: up, ever going to end up on the Reserve Bank board. I've got, no, I've well, got doubts. I. Uh, I Unfortunately, gave up that hope uh,
2: <laughs> some some time ago. Some time ago, <laughs> when
3: I was a little boy, I did write down one day I could be on the Reserve Bank walk, Sam, but, uh, you were the only boy who ever did that. that
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon there might be a couple more boys somewhere out there. But anyway, mm. now okay. So, so we've done that um, even more comprehensively than I thought that we would. So, and there were a couple of other things I wanted to put to you both, but I think I'm going to just go straight through actually to the end point uh, that I'd planned in this conversation given All Road's sort of lead there. Now, it's sort of like... <laughs> Where's she leading us? I have no idea God, this <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, boys, boys, wait, it's coming. <laughs> um, no, okay, so it's sort of the, the, the simple version of this question is is the government doing enough to uh, oh, sort of find a place? I see like, where you've see? got to. Okay. Right. So that's the simple version, but I want us to sort of to touch the simple version and then I want us to drill down slightly more, because uh, a question I want to put to you both, because it's just been a, a bit of a time between drinks, which is helpful in this sense. We've all had time to watch the current government a bit longer, and to get a sense of what we think they are and what they're about in terms of both management of the economy, but also reshaping the economy. So let's start with that, uh, and let's let's keep the let's keep the simple question tight. Mm-hmm. So, okay. like, uh, right. is the government doing? enough to manage these inflationary pressures in the economy, Shane?
1: Well, I suppose they could impose a uh, income tax surcharge of 10% and uh, have, they there would be revolution on the streets of mm. that sort of thing. It's like If you're looking at a purely fiscal play to reduce demand and take pressure off the Reserve Bank, that's what you would do. They are not going to do that. Yeah. So... On the other side, it's right. So, what are they doing? They've run a budget surplus. Yep. And you go right. Instead of pumping four or five billion dollars into the economy, they have withdrawn twenty-two yes. billion dollars, mm, which yes. is the first budget surplus since oh seven oh eight. Yeah. So that's the right thing. They're tinkering with certain prices, and we saw that in inflation figures, mm. uh, like say the childcare.
2: Yes, of course. Uh, childcare yep.
1: policy actually re- like. Inflation would have been substantially higher Mm. if not for that policy. Same with electricity. Same with electricity um, and those sorts of things. So they're doing what they can. Ultimately, like, again, in aggregates, they keep the budgets in surplus. They're collecting more tax than they're pumping out. So that's a positive. Yeah. But the longer game is for how you make the economy more productive, better to run without... Inflationary pressures. Yes. Um, so that's in, yes, and the segue
2: to the bigger picture.
1: one of yeah. the criticisms is about migration. Yeah. If it wasn't for migration, it I think be- one, I think the economy would be slower, but I think inflation would be higher. Mm. Because yeah. you just don't like even you go back twelve months ago one, to one of our last pods where we talked about the say all the cafes in the yep. city, Sydney and Melbourne, no staff couldn't open the yes. door, pushing yes. up prices. Yes because you've got the international students come back in, yep. those help wanted signs or can't be open because haven't got staff mm. have disappeared. Yeah. So that's another advantage of that class. we've seen. Yep. Yeah, mm. okay. Yep.
2: And yeah. so uh, on the on the reform, because I think that's beautifully summarised unless there's yep. anything no, particularly I, I you, I mean, you want to add, look, Greg.
3: As you can say, there, there are things any government could do, but in reality, the, the, it's not a command economy. Yes. <laughs> and... and the right, They're, they're not blowing, the, there's no cash splashing going around or anything. They're, they're managing the budget as you would expect a yes. budget to so be hope. managed. As fiscal, you'd hope. Fiscal and monetary um, policy you know, are in what alignment. What might happen July 1st next year, yes, that's a different that's, thing. That's but, another question. Um, you know, um, but, yeah, for now, I, I don't think the claims that have been, certainly you saw it during Senate estimates, the, the attempts by the opposition to get... Uh, the head of the Reserve Bank or even Treasury to suggest, oh, that the budget is inflationary. It's a bit tough to argue when it actually is in surplus. Yes. Okay.
2: And the reform piece, guys, Mm. what do we think about that?
3: You go, Greg, first, Uh, because I've got some thoughts. Look, they haven't been overly reformist, but there have been some under the radar, perhaps uh, for most listeners, but certainly not in uh, the the labour movement in the business community. There have been some things that they have been pushing, such as the closing the loopholes legislation, yes. which has been fought over very fiercely at the moment, which I actually think is actually quite, quite uh, I won't say progressive, but quite... Um, Reformist, I think it's in certainly in a sense that uh, it's it's doing more than we saw under the Rudd and Gillard governments on the industrial relations front, where they kind of wiped away the the work choices title, but really didn't
2: yeah, do that f- fundamentally hmm.
3: change it. And certainly, I know the union movement was very much awake to that's what happened last time. We don't want it to happen this time. So there certainly was pressure. And, the Labor, and people within the Labor Party didn't want to go through that again. So I think that type of thing yep. is good. Um, climate change, I, I continue to kind of despair um, at the lack of ambition that really is there. There's a lot of talk, but, you know, come on, time is running out. There was a, a fairly sobering rep- uh, study this week that came out from... Um, a journal associated with nature that found that the world's sort of carbon budgets that we'd all been relying on were a little bit overestimating how much we had left. There's been a budget cut. A budget cut and basically net zero by about twenty, thirty-two, thirty-three. 33, if you want to stand at two degrees is what we need, not 2050. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to see some, and, but you know. Um, coal mines keep getting open. So I'm, I'm of course, uh, not all that happy about that. And if we're going to talk about reforms that they could do as, as and to give a plug to the, the Australian Institute's Revenue Summit that we had uh, last week, the big one is you've got stage three sitting right in front of you, reform that. And I'm not saying dump it, I'm saying reform it, make it actually in a way that's less inflationary for a start, because it's a a hell of a lot of money that's going to be going out the door to people who have are the people who probably have those bigger saving buffers than uh, that Shane was talking about before. Because, they have the bigger mortgages too. Yeah, but you know,
1: <laughs> no um, sympathy
3: for them. He says, um, you know, we the Reserve Bank has pointed out that those savings are very unequal, mm. um, and we know that the low to middle income earners are the ones who have probably eaten into their savings most. Um, but they're not the ones who are really going to be doing the best out of stage three. So there's something they could do if they mm-hmm. wanted to reform. So it's not a case of I, I, I want to be all negative and so, say, oh, no, they're a do-nothing government. I think they are doing things, and certainly on Labor, on industrial relations, I, I sort of applauded what they are doing. Um, and at least for the first time in a decade, we actually have a government who said, you yeah, know, wage rises are good, <laughs> especially for low-income people. Um, but I'm sure Shane's got a few yeah, more.
1: Yeah, no, I'm curious. Well, I'm going to the broader economic infrastructure. Mm. So we will see the legislation to start the overhaul of the Reserve Bank in the next three weeks. Yes, yep. <clears throat> yes, They're the, the the most important economic institution in, in the country that has not changed effectively since 1990. Yep. yep. So that is that's getting underway. Yep. This week we saw Jim Chalmers announce effectively the change in direction of the productivity yes, commission yes. yes with a statement of expectations with a heavy focus on dealing with climate change and the transition that the the entire country is needs we can't i would have to push back about the the suggestions especially out the greens about right we need to end gas today we need to end coal today the australian economy falls over there are millions of people's livelihoods affected by that the art of politics is being able to make change, but bring the public. They're not
3: uh, going to fall over if there aren't new ones. No, there out. aren't That's new ones. The point, but, but there are some who say, "Let's
1: stop gas now," and you know that those people are out there, in, in particularly in, in Greens' world. Yes, and you go, but, you've
3: but you've if got we've to... got a government that can't even say we won't even stop yeah. opening new thermal coal mines, so I think we're. Yeah. But we, we've got to be a bit careful on who's actually being the extremists here. There are, but there is. Um, there's also yeah. the
1: absolute. Yeah, I'm don't, sure, I but, don't. I don't
3: worry. I you know, not worried. But, the, about but there's no those chance of that affected. actually occurring in, is, in this government. Well, so. let me, let no, me, there yes. isn't. Sorry, yeah. finish
2: your point, Shane, and, yeah. and because I, I, I think I can square that circle. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. but we. Got, so you're into the the PC reform that yep. is also underway. So those two big piece, big chunky pieces of economic infrastructure. Are underway. You've had the employment white paper, which has come yes. out. since. yes, actually, yep. I should have mentioned that. And the yes. women's Equal- economic equality task force, yep. which I'm actually writing about right now, saying mm. the saying like we've actually put women and how they are affected by the economy and the failures that mm. it, that is costing us. It's like 128 billion dollars yep. a year. Yeah, that's on the agenda. There are, is policy being put together. I think that like. Particularly on the progressive side of politics, it's we want change now. Like this is whole, yeah. how great was Gough? Gough was out inside three years. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah. there's a lot of pent-up demand. There is the pent-up demand. Is and I under, yeah. you
1: can understand that because, especially after the Rudd-Gillard-Rudd debacle, mm. yeah. where hopes were high and the, that government ran into the global financial crisis yeah. and then ran into Rudd and then Gillard and and everything else.
2: and failure in Copenhagen.
1: And and, and progressives have seen Mm. Abbott and Turnbull. And even on the progressive side, there was the hope about Turnbull. Yes. And it disappointed them. And then Morrison and everything else that's come through it. Yeah. So, yes. So, you understand why
2: people are impatient.
1: absolutely (laughs) understand. But 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 you've got to look, you look, like, and and I think part of it's also about the media cycle, social media demanding we want change now. And mm. you can't, like...
3: I think also. I mean, I mean, I mean there, you're right as well. I mean, things like the wellbeing budget framework, which yeah. I have a few issues with <laughs> the things yeah, they know, use, but yeah, you know, it's a start. I think there there is certainly an attempt to lay a foundation, hmm. uh, which is smart um, because you don't want to spring things on them that have come from nowhere. I think the, I think you, you're quite right. The when I read about the productivity commission uh, statement of expectations, which we haven't had since what. Ever. Ever. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> um, and given we're up to the 25th year of it, it's probably about time. Nice. Um, it will be interesting to see how that is framed in terms of the transition. Because if it's sort of how we're we going to transition along the government's um, pathway, that's kind of, well, yeah. who cares? But if it's actually. Look at what the science says, and then you come back. Then you've got a very powerful body well, there's, that there's, could be me, really, let me, yeah. Let me know. square these circles, yeah. right? Because we're 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 running out of time. But,
2: yeah, <laughs> we're running out of time. Unfortunately, no, no. Well, I, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying having the band back together. So, thank you. It's been it's been a really really and good actually been conversation. We've
3: actually with, been talking about I blame you <laughs> yeah I'm sorry I, I really came off the log rod
0: there just... <laughs>
2: no 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 it's good it's and passion we need passion and there's plenty of it and so thank you both for it and as well as you know many many facts to put before the listeners but no I'll just square this circle I hope quickly just with an observation um, Greg's obviously right on the on what the science tells us and how quickly we need to move in in terms of uh, you know the sort of uh, try to hold hold out the worst case scenario associated with runaway global heating. None of us wants to think about that worst case scenario, but we have to because it's real and it's present. Shane's right. The the problem with moving too fast in relation to uh, to this area is obviously history. We had a very interesting Guardian Essential poll at the start of the week which delved into the transition and community attitudes to the transition uh, regular listeners may have listened to Peter Lewis and my conversation about that uh, this week and uh, Peter's thoughts about how you build a constituency for these big changes that, that are coming very fast. I think that's that that's the key to it all uh, basically is sort of building that ground for reform. And the, but the difficulty is, and Greg's right to be frustrated is that we've wasted all this bloody time and trying to build a constituency for reform is almost a luxury the country doesn't have. But yet,
1: <laughs> this, this doesn't it's, happen. It's a failure it. of the past ten years.
2: It is the failure of it's the of past not ten years. Dealing we,
3: with big issues, yeah, and it's, it's, we're, we're getting to then, it's not for just climate, that. but then also. I'll just yes, say, yeah, you know, the government—it's—it's it's not out on its own this time. It, one of the things that I certainly, from our sort of point of view, of frustration is. It's been a fair while since the Biden government did their Inflation Reduction Act, which was a massive spend, and we're still waiting for the response. We're still hearing whispers that something's coming, and I was sort of thinking now's about a good time to do it because it once again – this is happening all around the world. Every, Every government's gone, oh, shit. America's kind of serious, or at least uh, they're changing the the conversation. We better respond, or everyone's going to go to America for their manufacturing of solar power and things like that. Time's kind of a wasting, and I think if you you want to change the, if you want to get down the terrible politics, if you want to, if you're a government that wants to sort of capture the momentum that might have been lost after the the voice. You gotta no
1: no. I see you gotta come I, up with something. no. I agree, you know? but
3: you also want to make sure it works That's and make sure thing. it's right. And
1: that I think, yeah, but it's not like it came out. A month no no, ago. no no. But I can look. I can months, read through you know? a large number of ANAO reports about bad yes. policy mm. formulation. Yeah. And this, got, like, there are people inside. Jim Chalmers was there in Wayne Swan's office yes. and would and could see like. For instance, uh, the
3: insulation program. Yes. When yeah, you get something wrong. Yeah,
2: when you get it wrong. It's, it, it kills you politically. But these are
3: not things that have not no. been unknown. no, no, no. <laughs> yes. not needed but, for 10 years. But, but then like, again, even the Biden are we plan. Are just like starting now? Like the inflation
1: now reduction plan. Mm. I, the pe- there weren't people saying, oh, hell, this is going to take, a, this is sucking in a trillion dollars. Mm. Like a trillion US dollars to the, hit to the US budget. They can afford that. So this is the discussion yeah well like you know. if we would be talking about a, what a hunt what do they? they are 10 no they're 10 times the size of Australian economy the US economy 10 to 15 times so you are looking at something like 70 to 100 billion dollars yeah yeah but no. that's
3: over that's not in one year we're talking no no but you were talking in a short yeah, period yeah we're of time. talking basically you know we've sort of done some estimates and and it'd be anywhere up to about 13 billion dollars a year which Massive, definitely. Yes, it is. The state three tax cuts are going to cost $21 billion in their first year, so let's have a bit of a sense of proportion. We can afford some things. You can afford it, um, but can you build it?
1: Like yes. if you if you went under this... You ain't
3: going to build it if we're just sitting around no, but going, been, you know... But know. Sort of, <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway. Anyway. could go on. All I'm saying is there is a debate there to be had. And I don't think yes. it's... And I, I want to come back to one of
1: the the people who are missing... Is the opposition.
2: Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: They, yes. Like it's just, a, like it yeah. is a dinner, to, it's a dinner plate after my dog's licked it. There's nothing <laughs> no, there. No, exactly. And you're
2: except, going... Except more, particularly yeah. on this area, except more foolishness, sadly. And yeah. anyway, speaking yeah. of foolishness, we have attempted to avoid it over the last <laughs> 30 minutes or so, but, but we, have have we haven't always it? succeeded. And uh, to sort of, yeah, on, on that last dialogue, which I think is really important and really fundamental, I think weirdly we're all right, so go figure, Uh <laughs> You know who is always right, the listeners listeners. to this podcast, who we hear from joyfully and gleefully every time we do these episodes and we're so delighted to hear from you Mm. and to know that you enjoy these sessions. Uh, Thank you to my two guests who are my very dear friends and also, you know, fantastic minds on this stuff. Thank you for your time. Thank you to Miles Martignani, who is the EP of this show. And we'll be back with you next week. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com/goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.